Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hey, Jolenta. Hey, Creston. You know what? We have both been through some pretty big moves in our lives, mm-hmm. from one town to another, from one state to another. We've done it all. Yes, and some of those moves were our decision, and some weren't. Yeah, and we talked about what a big deal moving can be, whether it's your decision or not, with our second guest on the show, Wendy, in our episode, Farewell to Hopedale. And now, we're going to share a little bit more about our own stories when it comes to moving or being forced to move. (laughs) Yes, we sure are. Let's get down to it. Let's get this We Love You and So Can You bonus episode underway. In this special bonus season of We Love You and So Can You, we're going to be talking about our own experiences with each of the topics explored during our regular season. Today, we're talking about our episode with Wendy. Now, Wendy is a real estate professional who was looking to transition from living in a big, bustling family home to a scaled-down empty nest with her husband and her teenage daughter about to go to college. Along the way, she had to grapple with her own worries about whether moving on to this next phase of her life might hurt her adult children or her teenage daughter who was still living at home. Now, Jolenta, neither of us have had to deal with Wendy's exact predicament, at least not from her perspective, but we both dealt with big moves while being in the same position as her kids. Mm. So, Jolenta, should we start off talking about your experience in this whole world of parents moving and you have to go along or not go along? Yes, yes. When I was a kid, we moved houses a fair amount, and I was always, like, very excited about it. Like, I liked moving. Um, But I hated the move my parents made from Oregon to California when I had already been living in New York, like, as a full adult. Were you um, college-aged or out of college at that point? I was just finishing acting school, so, Mm -hmm. like, a grad school. So I was, like, 23, probably, Mm -hmm. and living here in New York. And my parents were like, hey, we have this house in Santa Barbara that we spend part of our time at. We're just going to sell the house in Oregon because why have two houses? Houses that suck money when you can have one. And we're going to scale down, move to the smaller house in this state that you didn't grow up in, in a city you barely know where none of your childhood friends or favorite places are. Hold on. So was this other house, were you familiar with it? Was this a vacation house they like went twice. to sometimes? Yeah, they went there in the winter. Okay. Got it. Got yeah. it. So you had just a little tiny bit of familiarity yeah, with Yeah, I've been it, there for like two Christmases for like a hot second. I've been like, sure, this town's fine, whatever. But it certainly was not where your memories no, or no, your no, life no. were. As not far as all. you knew, it wasn't like going home. It was going, no, it's just it was going, going to this to vacation like house. Some place, yeah. Some rando house. Exactly. And how did they break the news to you? Did they do it while you were out visiting at one point? No, and- no. They just called me and were like, uh, we're going to sell the house and move down officially. And we sent you, we're going to send you a box with some stuff if you want it so like figure out what you want and I'm like how do I know what I want I, I don't know what's in the house and like you're springing this on me and they're like 
uh, we'll send you some pictures of shit that's in your room and stuff and like the basement. Oh, yeah, yeah. You touched on that so during the So they sent me episode. pictures, which I did appreciate. And I was like, I want this and this and like this old chair no one wants. And then, but then they sent me this stuff. And at first I was fine with it. But then I got the box and it was like this huge box that was delivered really poorly and like not packed for New York, obviously. It's a giant box. They just threw it down the basement staircase, like in our in our sidewalk, the delivery people. So I had to <laughs> I couldn't take it up the staircase because it's a huge box with like a full chair in it and a bunch of other shit. And so I have to like drag it down into the basement into a random Hold room. Up, there's a chair in this box? Yes, it's huge. It's like a box How the size of, of me. I could fit in this box. It's like almost a refrigerator box. It's like Tiny House Nation. Yeah. But it's a box. And so I like drag it into the storage room in our basement and I like finally get it open and just packing peanuts go everywhere. And I just burst into tears while I'm like digging through packing peanut explosion and just like fucking random stuffed animals thrown in and just all this shit I didn't want and like a huge mess and like my childhood was gone and I just like cried and cleaned up peanuts for hours and like gave a bunch of old stuffed animals to my dog and was like I fucking hate everything. Mm. So can I ask you more about your childhood being gone? Mm-hmm. Um, how long did you live in your last house in Oregon before you um, moved away from home? It was only like a few years. But it like was enough for years. you to feel because and it was I think formative years? It was formative. It was my high school years. Mm-hmm. And just I think the the city is important to me and like the neighborhoods. Like it's just like mm-hmm. my all my old haunts are, are there. So mm-hmm. like going home to Portland is is to me like going home. It doesn't have to be the house, but like that city is home. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, um, so back to your stuff, this mm. giant box of stuff. When it arrived, did you think I asked for the right things? These were the meaningful things? Or did was, you feel like I was rushed and I just chose the most random I was random like, crap? I was rushed. This is crazy. I guess I'm glad I have this chair, but like, I don't know if this was worth it. And like half of this shit I know I don't want. And then it's just the guilt of like, well, it's going to be garbage if I don't keep it, even oh, though I don't want yeah. it, but no one else wants it. And now it's on me. And it's like, what do I do? Just what do I do? Am I the the keeper of the shit no one wants now? Like, do I get rid of it? And then someday someone does want it and I'm the asshole that got rid of it. Like, I don't want this responsibility. I don't want this stuff. I don't want to think about my childhood being over. I hate it. <laughs> That's how I felt. <laughs> so when we did the Wendy episode, did you feel some catharsis because you could actually say to Wendy, hey, maybe you can do it this way and this way yes, it as, was a so way to, nice. as a way to kind of heal yourself? And it was just nice to know that like some parents think more about that <laughs> in general. <laughs> well, I mean, one thing that we both talked about in that episode is, you know, how long should parents be thinking about their kids, right, though? Right. Is there a certain point where, mm, yeah. you know, for example, her son, Wendy's son was in his 20s, but she was still worried, like, how long do I create a home for him here? How long do I make sure yeah. that he's not feeling alienated? How long do I, you know, do all of these things to nurture him? Mm, and mm. It's a fine line mm-hmm. because, like, I mean, I'm dealing with a father who has moved on to the point where, like, he's made it clear there is no place for me in his home anymore or life. Mm. And you don't want to go that far. That's, but you don't want to be in your 40s and have your mom be like, your bedroom's the same if you ever need it. <laughs> Like, did you ever see that movie Failure to Launch? Yes. Like, that's very real. Like, you don't want that. You don't want to be that person who's like 40-year-old Matthew McConaughey and your mom still makes you lunch every day. Yeah. Yeah. You You don't want to do that. But just a little bit more gentleness and more nurturing. And you would have preferred your parents to maybe have, like, 
a sit down with you maybe rather than just, just like call yeah. you just and treat say, just treat your kids like like just pretend you care about their opinion <laughs> just pretend for like a minute mm-hmm. and then be like but this is my life and you're an adult and i'm an adult and now we do adult things yeah i mean i think wendy handled it beautifully. i think she handled it really well she yeah did she had the perfect amount job. of like concern but also practicality yeah but, yeah, it's a delicate balance, as your story illustrates. Yeah. It definitely Yay. is. <laughs> Yay, my horrible story. <laughs> um, what about you? Oh. Did you move uh, and have no choice? I feel like you did. Oh, God, so much. But we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll get to that. So oh, stay with us. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. We are back with this bonus episode of We Love You and So Can You, and we are talking all about moving. Uh, life changes, scaling down, how to take care of your family when you move, you know. Now, Kristen, like Wendy's kids, you've also had to deal with some big moves in your life. You know, in the end, her daughter ended up moving to a new state, not a new town. <laughs> yes. That was wild. Um, what were what was like a big move for you? So, you know, throughout high school, my stepdad, he would sometimes go and live in another state or city for a year. For work? Yes, for work. Mm. And my mom would travel back and forth and see him, and I'd frequently live with my nana. And that was like a lot of my teenage years. My mom would be flying back and forth to be with him, or, you know, he would be coming back a lot. And then finally, he ended up getting a job that was in uh, Denver, Mm. and then my mom said to me, uh... We're moving to Denver. And I said, what? Mm -hmm. It's not going to be you just flying back and forth to him anymore? And we're just, like, leaving while I'm in the middle of high school? And she's like, yep. And I said, can't I just live with Nana and just finish off my high school? And not that I liked my high school. By the way, I freaking hated high school. High school's the worst. It was horrible. I hated high school. I didn't want to even do that. But I I also had some You had put in the time. Yeah, and I had some very tight friends. And I had my Nana, who was, like, my best friend. I'm like, I don't want to leave my bestie. I don't want to leave my friends. And... 
I just, even though I hated my high school and dreamed of leaving, I, I dreamed of leaving my high school. Mm. I, I applied for study abroad programs I couldn't afford. I did all sorts of things with the fantasy of leaving high school. But then it was presented to me as an opportunity. Like, nope. I'm like, oh, God, no. And then I remember we, uh, you know, I was given no choice. We drove out there. And then um, I remember just crying and crying and crying. Mm. I didn't even have a bedroom no. in our new apartment. <laughs> they let me sleep in the TV room, and there wasn't a bed, so I slept on a couch in the TV room. Mm. And so that was my room. And then um, we, you know, we we were pretty sad. My mom was sad, too. My mom had no friends out yeah, there. Yeah, she uprooted her entire life. Like. Yeah, and so I, I also wonder— um, what my mom must have been going through. Looking, oh, I can't imagine. Looking yeah. back, I think my mom was very, very depressed. She yeah, did, she has a sad kid, lonely as fuck. Yeah. Doesn't it, know anyone except this person who's probably at work a lot of the time. Like Who she's now divorced from. Ugh, yeah, great. You know, so, um, I mean, but back then they were still together. Yeah, I would assume they were together. Yes, <laughs> back then. then they were. But it was really, really hard. And I remember going into school and, you know, even back then I sometimes wore little mod dresses or baby doll dresses and so mm-hmm. on. I remember going in wearing a mod dress and I think like some Mary Jane shoes or something and um, with my little bangs and stuff. And now looking back, I guess I probably dress not that different from how I dress now. I would say you sound exactly the same. Yeah, but, but it was sure. it was definitely a school where like the fashion was different. Everybody, mm-hmm. it was a jeans and t-shirt school. I was the only person I could see in the whole school wearing a dress. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh, this is a school where um, – I just stand out like a sore thumb. And also, I have to say, it was just a major culture shock because Mm. um, the school district my parents had me in in Minnesota growing up was, I mean, less than 5% non-white. It was 95% white at the – I mean, it might have been more than 95% white. And while we were not – I I would not say we were particularly well-to-do, a lot of people in my school in Minnesota were extremely Mm, mm -hmm. well-to-do. Like – if I told you their last names, you would know who these people Ooh, were. It's like those snap. kinds of people. But then we moved to Denver, and I was not in that kind of school. Mm-hmm. And the school was much more economically mixed, racially mixed, um, uh, immigrant status mixed. We had um, undocumented students. We had students who were – there was um, a gang recovery program to help Whoa. kids out of gangs. Uh, the health center in the school, you could get condoms and counseling about, you know, if you were a single parent, for example, mm-hmm, they would give mm-hmm. you help also in my wow. hi- in my new high school. So it was a very different kind of high school totally. than I went to. It's a huge culture shock. The culture shock was unbelievable. And for the first two and a half months, I had zero friends, and I was so sad. And I would call my nana every week, sometimes several times a week. Back then, I still wrote letters, so my friends and I would write letters back mm. and forth to Minnesota. And then the thing that changed everything is I started working in a restaurant that was less than a mile away from my house. No way. And I started making friends at the restaurant. And I think it really helped me to build my confidence. And I was just less lonely. So I wasn't walking around just like sad all the time. Right, right. Self-hating. I was constantly just like, oh, I must be so unlikable. I'm horrible. I just want to die. Nobody likes me. And then once I worked at the restaurant, it's like, no, I'm so likable still. Yeah. (laughs) If you can find that like one place where you feel like you fit, then it makes everything, like, so much more doable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you remember, like, oh, I fit lots of places. This was just new. Yes. Like, and people had to get to know me. I had to get to know people and, like, find a place. Absolutely. And then something about that just kicked my confidence into high gear. And then before you knew it, I had friends at school. Yeah, you start seeing this place as a a place you can 
connect to people, thrive, like live, interact. Like, yeah. And then it starts like snowballing, hopefully. Yeah. And it just made such a huge difference in my life. And it was tough and it was horrible, but I'm so thankful. And still to this day, I think one of the reasons I love to work is because so many of my jobs, like, look, like I love Lindsay, our producer. I love you. And like so much of work fulfills me in a way beyond like, am I being productive? But am I around people who I'm on the same team with? Right, right. And I think I started learning that back oh then. Yeah, yeah. And it just started making a big difference in my happiness in my life. So that was really useful. And also, I mean, my mom, just to go back to my mom for a bit here, she never got a job while we were there. And mm, I think that's mm, one reason why she so stayed— so isolating. Yeah, I think that's one reason she stayed depressed the whole time there, and I didn't. Um, and then once I was so used to it and I had a really solid circle of friends, I had great adventures, I, I really came to love life in Denver, then my parents announced we're moving again. Yay. <laughs> and so that was the second most, like, horrible move of my teenage years. And I was so sad. And some friends at the restaurant— there was a husband and wife who were both servers at the restaurant who I was really tight with. And they said, you know, if you want to finish out your high school living with us, we've talked it oh over and you can live with us. And I told my mom and my mom said, absolutely not. You're not living with people from the restaurant. You're, And I said, well, where am I going? Because my parents were moving to Michigan this time. Oh, shit. So um, I'm like, well, so if I can't stay in Denver and finish up my high school here, I, you're telling me I'm going to move to Michigan, Again? like yeah. to a new place? And they said, no, we'll let you have your wish that you asked for a little over a year ago. We'll let you live with Nana for the rest of high school. And then you went back to your old your old school? No. You went I to went, a different school in Minnesota. I went to Minnesota. a different school in Minnesota. That It was in the same town, but it was the uh, other school within mm. that town. And I had a cousin there. I had a couple of friends at that what? school. Um, and then so I finished my high school um, – well, I didn't finish there. I, I went to high school there for a couple of months. And then the high school very kindly said, uh, we'll send you to college because, well, I— Because she's Kristen, everyone. <laughs> no, they were very sweet about because the advanced work I'd done both in Denver and prior to that, they said, we don't actually have any curriculum left yeah, in this like, particular school. Yeah, you did school. it all. <laughs> so, so they had the special program. And um, back then, a lot of students in yeah, Minnesota had that option. Yeah, to go to like so, a college, community college, local. Uh, yeah, so I went to the University of Minnesota, yeah. and they paid for it. That's, and, I mean, that's incredible. And then I moved into the dorm, so I was supposed to be a senior Yay. in high school, but I actually was a college student instead. So, so moving. Which was also traumatizing to be yeah. like, I'm like, hold on, I just moved again, and I've been back for two months with my Nana. Oh, no, now I'm the now youngest I'm person in a dorm. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, you move like crazy. <laughs> so that was like three very, um, very, very formative moves that happened in less than two years in my life when I was a kid. And so it was tough. And with you, with your story, Jolenta, uh, I think that, like, there's a similarity here of, like, how do you break the news to your kid? How do you talk it over? Yeah, do, yeah, Does yeah. the kid feel like they are a collaborator in the conversation or do they feel they, like, like they're being ordered around? It's or? hard because, like, ultimately the choice is not theirs. Exactly. But, like, you have to convince them they want it, ideally. I think that will make the, the struggle less of a struggle. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, I mean, in my case, and I'm sure in your— case too like your parents were probably doing the best they could oh totally with what they had yeah, and they the were like we're giving her all the stuff she might want like this is us being nice but i'm like i'd rather die yeah than confront this slash clean up this mess <laughs> <laughs> and i think in my parents case it's like 
you know, we, like I said, we were not like the super well-to-do family and where there was yeah, work, my family had to go. Yeah. You had to go to the where the jobs were. So it's like, I get it. My parents were not trying to ruin my life no, in any way. No, they were like, shit, this is a better job. Like, yeah, we have to pay bills. We are like, there were really bad financial times in my family. Mm-hmm, and it's yeah. like, if this is the only way we can stay afloat is to move again, then we have to do it. We have no choice. And so I get it. But um, I do, I do think that, you know, Wendy's concerned with making it sound more like we're on the same page. Let's all gather and discuss. Mm-hmm. I think the way Wendy did that was really sweet. So, so nice. It yeah. was really, really sweet. And the fact that she was trying to have a continuing conversation, which I just don't know if my parents knew how yeah, to do. Just and I continually think- keep them in mind for through every step, too. Every step is like a new thing to approach, not just like, well, I gave you the announcement. Now I'm going to go do whatever I want. And yeah. like, you've you've heard the announcement. Bye. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. And the, the yeah. checking in and yes. like, it's and, very and important. A, and again, I think your parents and mine, they did the best they could, but totally. they just had different circumstances. Exactly. My parents were in a desperate financial situation and your parents thought you were already an adult and gone and, and they I, didn't really I was but <laughs> they forgot I have feelings yes exactly exactly so those are our experiences from the perspective of Wendy's of the kid. kids yeah. yes yes but we're going to take a quick break and when we're back we're going to talk about big moves that were our choices Yay. we're going to talk about moving and owning our decision and being a little bit more like Wendy, but not like Wendy and her husband, empty nester, uh, wine tour Wendy. I not quite wish. yet. Eventually. Someday. Yes, soon. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. And now, Jolenta, before we go, we just want to reassure everybody out there mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Not all of our moves have been bad no, or traumatic. Some really good ones. Yeah, and it's you know we also want to make clear again, not blaming parents anywhere in here. No, but, no. Yeah, love you guys. You did the best you could. Yes, but there have been moves that we've gotten to make because it was our choice to do it. So, yes. so let's talk about each of us. One move we made that was really our choice that has been just great for us, fantastic. That left us feeling as sunshiny as Wendy feels now that she is in Florida. Ooh, man. Okay. I guess I guess my biggest move was moving in with Brad, who is now my husband. Uh, and I I feel like I was a little Wendy at the top of the move. Like I was very nervous. Mm-hmm. I'd never lived with anyone I'd been dating. He was my first like real boyfriend anyway. Like, New York leases always make you move in a little sooner than you mean to. <laughs> oh my God. The real estate in New York has made and broken so many relationships. So many. So many. Yeah. And um, I was really nervous, and we had found an apartment, and we were really excited, and it was in a good neighborhood, but I would never live with anyone. I was super scared. We went to sign the lease, and I, like, pretended to run away. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, saw, like, he was waiting outside the building, and I, we were meeting there, and I, like, walked up and then saw him and, like, pretend, like clocked him and then, like, sprinted the other way. Then I came back, but I was super nervous. I was very scared. Um, But once I moved in with him, it was fucking awesome. I never lived in a place without a like a roommate, not like a partner. Mm -hmm. You know, so like we got to decorate every aspect of the home together. Slash, like I got to dictate it, which I'd (laughs) never done before, and just sort of making a space. For the adult life I was actually currently living, not not like just carving out my little room for my mm-hmm. life, like making a whole space 
for the life I'm living is really exciting. Just like Wendy did. Exactly, where she's like, I am not this bustling mom of young kids anymore with people in and out of the house. I want to make a space for, like, my current life with me and my dog and my husband and my, you know, one child who lives at home and, and like— intentionally set up my my space and my life around my current situation. And when when you actually do that, even though it's scary, or you'll be like, well, I hurt the old situation's feelings by acknowledging I'm in this new situation. It's like, no, it's super enjoyable. And you get to, like, honor the phase of your life you were in by, like, moving into a new phase and, like, fully honoring that. And it's just like, it is a, it is a dream. <laughs> um. Well, for me, my big, my biggest move I ever made that was my own choice that had nothing to do with anybody else, I think was my move to New York. Yeah. Right after college. I was toying with the New York one, too, but yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, because New York is a giant move. And And for both you and I, it was like we were moving time zones. Yes. Yeah. Well, I had been finishing up my college in India. Then I went back to Minneapolis, and I had some probably— my poor Nana. My Nana probably had it in her storage unit. Like, oh yeah, she had this giant storage closet the size of what in New York we would call a bedroom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I had a bunch of stuff stored with her there. And then, so I came back from India. I said goodbye to everybody I loved in Minnesota. And then I took all those boxes out of my Nana's big storage closet. And then my friend Sarah Hurley and I hopped into a rider truck and drove across the country. And Moved into an apartment. and Did you have, like, were you going to more school or were you just like, this is it, I'm going to fucking New York? I'm going to New York. I don't have a job. My, my friend Sarah found a floor-through apartment in Sunset Park, which for people who aren't from New York and don't know the term floor-through, it's just one room connects to another, connects it's to railroad. another, connects to another. Railroad. Um, some people call it railroad also. In San Francisco, we call it a railroad. Okay. And so it's like, no matter what, you have to walk through a room to get to another yeah. room. Like if you have to pee in the middle of the night, you might be going through your roommate's bedroom. Yes, exactly. So we uh, moved into an apartment like that, and um, I didn't own a cell phone. And at the time, the phone company was horrible. I don't know if you remember Bell Atlantic, but they took over a month to install a phone for us. So I'm like, how do I find a job when I don't have a phone? How do I? <laughs> oh, when I moved into my first apartment in New York, I'm sorry, I'm stealing your story time, but I was living in a warehouse above like a Hasidic paper distribution company, and I called to get internet, and they were like, "Well, you don't live at a residence, so." <laughs> and I was like, "What do I do?" And they're like, "Well, you don't. I don't know. No, legally speaking, you don't. Like, you don't live in a home, so we can't give you internet for the home. <laughs> like, so. anyway, well, that's New York, but also." You know the phone company would always make excuses not to help you. Oh no! It's just like they the, never want to. They never want to. They don't care if you talk to anyone yeah. or have any contact with the outside world. Yeah, they didn't care. So back then, I had no internet. I had no phone. I'm like, how do I find a job? And um, yet, despite all of that, I felt so happy mm-hmm. when I moved to New York. I would just go on long walks every day. I would go to the museums. I would try to show up at places that had help wanted signs in the window or look at the Village Voice, which, you know, had these ads yeah. in the back for temp agencies, and i just walk in it's there. It's like a in-real-life Craigslist, you guys. Yeah, and I would just, you know, every single day just think, oh, this place is an adventure, and I just loved it. So it was one of those moves where nothing was very well planned. I didn't have a job. That apartment was not very good, and we stayed in it for less than three months. But despite all of that, it was my adult choice. It was my first major yeah. adult choice after college. Like, you're and like, I'm going to own everything about this. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, 
doing what you said, Jolenta, about like carving out your adult life the way you want it to be and mm-hmm. so on. It's just, I got to experience all that and I just adored it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. So yeah, that's my story of yeah. moving on my terms. Well, and you what know. I love about Wendy's story is it reminds us that like that doesn't only happen like when you're 22 and out of college mm-hmm. and like starting life. It's yeah. like, oh, I can have this experience in a few years when I kick my kids out. Yes, absolutely. And Jolenta, you and I both, we've already said it in this episode, but we've also said it off mic. We are so looking forward to being like Wendy someday. Oh, I cannot wait to be like, bye. I live uh, on a pool now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I go on wine tours and go to Civil War reenactment sites whenever I want to. Yeah, you yeah. know. All those things. Do them all. Got rid of that couch in my basement because I don't have a basement to leave shit in. Yeah. We're all going to hopefully, fingers crossed. Someday. Be like Wendy someday. Going to Wendy it up. <laughs> That's it for this bonus episode of We Love You and So Can You. Yes, our producer is Lindsay Cradwell. Thanks also to Casey Holford, who composed our theme song and mixed this episode. Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. And Chris Bannon is Stitcher's chief content officer. Don't forget to stay in touch. Do you have a predicament you need help with? Hit us up. Our email address is weloveyoupod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us, at Jalenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, and at We Love You Pod. And of course, you can always leave us a voicemail if you have feedback for an episode, something cool you want us to know. Call us at 601-LOVE-171. That's 601-568-3171. And don't forget to rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts, in Stitcher, or wherever you listen to us. It helps other people to find the show. It helps us to feel sunshiny inside. It helps us to spread the love and helps you to spread the love. Until next time. I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We love y'all. And so can you. Let me take a sip of water. Yep, sip of water, everyone. I'm going to blow my nose, too, really quick. Oh, God. Has Lindsay been taping me for six minutes eating chips? Yes, she has. Yeah. Yes, she has. I see the tracks back there. Stitcher. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.